Welcome. I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Matthew. Today is episode 723, and we're looking at Matthew chapter 5, verses 11 through 16. Let's read the passage. You are blessed when they insult you and persecute you, and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me. Be glad and rejoice, because your reward is great in heaven. For that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt should lose its taste, how can it be made salty? It's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand, and it gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. This is the Gospel according to Matthew. Matthew is writing this account of the ministry of Jesus for the purpose of convincing the Jewish people that Jesus is the Messiah and they should place their faith in him and experience forgiveness of sin and adoption by God. He began the section on the adult ministry of Jesus He began saying that Jesus was preaching, teaching, and healing, but the focus then was on the healing. People were flocking because Jesus was healing. Then he begins an example of the actual teaching ministry of Jesus, and this is the Sermon on the Mount. Sermon on the Mount are chapters 5, 6, and 7 in Matthew. He began with a section of the Beatitudes. Beatitudes are these sayings Blessed are this group of people because they will receive this reward. Now, I realized after the fact last time I was mispronouncing blessed. And that's always a big question. Is it blessed or blessed? And the same word, B-L-E-S-S-E-D, is either of those. If it's an adjective, it's blessed. If it's a verb, it's blessed. So if it's the past tense of bless, God blessed me, then it's pronounced blessed. If it's an adjective, it's pronounced blessed. Because God blessed me, I am blessed. So here, verse 11, we have blessed because it's an adjective again, a state of being. You are blessed when they insult you and persecute you and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me. Now, some people want to call this the ninth beatitude but because it says you are blessed. In fact, the, the Greek begins with the word blessed and it's just like the others, blessed are. But there's some differences. There is a different format in that there's no for they will and it's also second person where all the others are third person. Blessed are these people. Here he says blessed are you you plural. And that's the content of the next paragraph. The next section is all second person plural about the distinctiveness of the Christians from the world at large. So this is about Christians and their relationship with society. And so this is really the introduction to that section. So it's not really part of the previous section of the Beatitudes. Now, in verse 10, he said something very similar. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of their righteousness, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. 
But here the persecution is not because of righteousness, it's because of me. And that's Jesus speaking. It's because of their faith in Jesus Christ. Now, if you're being righteous, you're being different than the world. And you're liable to undergo persecution because of that, of just being different. But there's also persecution because people are Christians. It's not just because they're different. It's not just because they're being righteous. It's because they are followers of Christ. And that's the kind of persecution he's talking about here. So if you're persecuted, insulted, have false things saying about you and evil, then you are blessed because, he explains that in verse 12, be glad and rejoice because your reward is great in heaven. That's how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So he says, be glad and rejoice if you're persecuted. Not because you're persecuted, be glad and rejoice because of the reward. And what is the reward? He doesn't explain it other than heaven, a relationship with God. That's the reward. Now, does this have anything to say about rewards in heaven? Nothing beyond the reward of heaven itself, the reward of a relationship with God itself. So he doesn't have anything to say here about rewards. But he does point out prophets were persecuted. And that is a storyline through the Old Testament. So often prophets were persecuted. Why? Because they criticized things. They criticized kings. They criticized the people. And people don't like that and often push back and persecute the prophet. Now, is that to say that modern day Christians are the prophetic voice in the world today? Well, larger part, yeah. The prophetic voice proclaiming the word of God, encouraging people to turn to God. Verse 13 says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt should lose its taste, how can it be made salty? It's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. Well, the salt of the earth, meaning, again, different from the world at large. Christians are to be different. So what's salt? Salt is used for two things, flavor and as a preservative. You can salt down pieces of meat and it won't decay like it would otherwise. So salt is very important as a preservative to keep things from spoiling. And he says, if the salt should lose its taste, well, how can salt lose its taste? Well, he's not talking about table salt here, where you put a drop of water on table salt and it dissolves. It's gone. But you take and scoop up some of the minerals from the shore of the Dead Sea, which is a salty sea, then you've got a salty mixture. It is salty. It's more than just salt. It's a lot of minerals. It's very easy if that mixture gets wet for the salt in it, the sodium chloride, to actually dissolve. And what you're left with is just the other minerals. So that's how the idea of salt losing its saltiness, salt losing its taste, in which case it's not good for what it was supposed to be used for. It's no longer good for the flavor. It's no longer good as a preservative. And it's to be thrown out and trampled under feet because it's useless now. Now, this speaks to the idea of our being in the world. Just as salt adds flavor, salt is a preservative. 
the Christian's role in the world, we are salt in the world. We add some flavor to the world, make it a better place, but also preservative in that we provide the way for people to hear how to have a relationship with God, how to be saved, how to be preserved. And if we're not doing that, if we're not distinctive from the world, then just as the salt's not serving its purpose, we're not serving the purpose. This has nothing to say about eternal security or people losing their salvation. That's not the point. The point there is being distinctive and carrying out a purpose. Verse 14, you are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. Now, the you is plural, and I think the intention here is plural. He's not talking to individuals of you, singular person, are a light of the world. But we, the Christian community, are the light of the world. And the distinctiveness here is light is distinctive from darkness. And so often in the Gospels, we see the metaphor of the world is in darkness, but Christ has come to bring the light, the light of God into the dark world. And now we are that light in the dark world. City on a hill cannot be hidden. A city on a hill during a pitch black night, all lit up, can be seen for a long, long distance. Verse 15, no one lights a light and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand. It gives light for all who are in the house. So the lamp would be an oil lamp, and the purpose of the lamp is to give light. So he's just saying it would be ridiculous to light a lamp and then put a cover over it, because the purpose is to give light for everyone in the house. That's the purpose of the lamp. So by covering the light, you defeat the purpose. Verse 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. So here he says he desires that people see our good works, that people see the light of our faith. Now later he's going to talk about not doing your righteous works publicly. That's to receive the acclaim of others. Here, what's the purpose of allowing others to see the light, see the good works, so that they may give glory to your Father in heaven? Purpose is not for others to emulate our good behavior, for others to also do good works. That's not the purpose. The purpose is that they would glorify God. That requires that they see our distinctiveness, see that we're different, and not just to be doing good works because we're nice people, but the good works must be associated with our faith. So in this, the implications are that our faith should be seen, our lives should be seen, and the distinctiveness from the world must be seen as associated with our faith. And this requires us to be in the world. And we see other places in the Bible we're told to be in the world, but not of the world. In the world, but distinct from the world. Just as the light is distinct from the darkness. But the purpose of the light is to illuminate what is dark. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Matthew.